I'm Bill Gross, the LA probate expert, and this is our Thursday, 4 p.m. probateweekly.com uh, Zoomcast. We do every single week on Thursdays, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern, and we live stream it onto various social media. And the purpose of this is for real estate investors, real estate agents, uh, attorneys, vendors in the probate space in particular, and trust estate planning to get together and talk about all things probate real estate. And I really have a vision of this being a place where we come together and share best practices and learn together and improve our various sources of business. Um, just real quick, some housekeeping. I'll mention at the end as well, but today, if you're on this call local and you're in Los Angeles, at 6.30 p.m. is a great event, the Real Estate Vendor Expo, done by the LA Real Estate Investment Club, L-A-R-E-I-C. Um, and you can go to laric.com. It's free. It's a great speaker at 6.30. Um, Amy Majori, she's a HGTV uh, personality. And they have a, what I like is the Vendor Expo. All these vendors get there and talk about different programs and products to help real estate investors and agents uh, promote their business. So it's free. Six o'clock, the Vendor Expo opens up. 6.30 to about 8.30 is a presentation. And if you're there, I'll see you come up and say hi. And uh, had in the past been at the Olympic Collection, which I think is now closed, They've done it since a couple of times at UCLA. Boo, we don't like that. Uh, this week it's in Culver City at the Islam Center on Motor, which is, I have never been there. I don't know why I might say I've never been there, but I'm assured it's a safe place for me to go. So um, it'll be interesting. So look forward to seeing you there. Hope you can make it. It's a great event, a way to get out and see people. Okay, so enough of the fanfare and buildup. Um, sometimes we talk about topics and sometimes I bring you in uh, uh, people in the industry that I think will be of benefit to me and all of us to learn how to improve our business. And today I have really a double treat because in addition to the fact that he's a good longtime personal friend of mine and just really a fun guy. In fact, he mentioned last night, we talked about this, he said, sounds like fun. I said, no, that's why I invited you because you are fun. Uh, my good friend, um, David Nodowitz, but he also happens to be a video professional, but more important than that, I think for our purposes, is he's built his business marketing to attorneys. And the one thing I get real estate agents and investors ask me most regularly is how to work more effectively with attorneys. And there's nobody that I know that has built a practice more based on that than my good friend, David. So David, welcome to our call today. Thank you. Thank you guys. Good to meet you all. A lot of people here. It's great. Love it. Uh, yeah, great. And uh, now I just love his background because he's a professional. So he has a little video thing and then the pictures and then his bicycle because he really as well as guys who rides around his bike through LA and that's how he gets around with his primary transportation. So if you know David, you may have seen him on his bike go by. So David, tell us a little bit, how did you get into the video space and then how from there did you pivot specifically into working with attorneys? Sure, sure. So uh, I started off doing tons of different video production work. I'm not gonna get into how I got into that. It doesn't really matter so much, I think for, for the people here today. What matters is interestingly how I transitioned and that was an attorney who was a friend of mine knew I've been working in video for a long time and he asked me to help him on a case. He actually had a, a court case to deal with and evidence, video evidence, and he knew that I knew video evidence. So he asked me to help and I'm like, I don't know how to do courts. I don't know how to, I don't even, I've never been testifying once in court except like traffic tickets. I didn't know what to do. So, but uh, he took me through it. We, we helped him a lot on a case and it was a, a lower priority, lower um, publicity case. But the second case we had in 2006 was super high profile. He called me again five years later to help him on a case. And this is when I realized, and again, I'm not going into all the details, but I realized that I could do this more. I realized I could help attorneys. I could work on video and audio evidence and really improve my business as well. And one of the things I loved about it back then, and I love about it still, is that attorneys almost never say to me, how much do you charge an hour for your work? Yeah, yeah, it's the nature of the business. Let's just back up a little bit though. I wanna to go to that, but, sure. I, but, you, but you went over something quickly. I think real estate agents, I tell them this all the time, and it's true for me, but I wanna hear it from you. The first attorney you had who has has been a good source of business since? I think I know who he is. He's a, he's a mutual friend, right? If it's yeah. what I'm thinking is, and it was a huge case in terms of publicity and an an amazing opportunity to show your ability to the to the marketplace was just a social friend. He wasn't you didn't prospect attorneys. You didn't go to a convention to find him. 
He was really just your friend. Right. It was a total accident in terms of I did not go into being yeah an accident in quotes. I did not try to go into doing forensic video and audio work. I didn't know that that kind of thing even existed. Quite honestly, right. I didn't know that it could be a court that it could be a full time business where now I have five employees full time. You know, like I didn't know that that could become that back then. It was just I was helping a friend and I knew my job and I did it well. And even on that second job, which was five years after the first one. At the beginning of that, I didn't know that I was going to see myself doing this full time. So it was totally because he knew me, he trusted me, he knew I'd do good work, and I did do good work, and then I enjoyed it. And so I decided to go into it more. I decided this could be actually the future of my business and of what I do to make a living. And so I think the thing I talk to real estate agents all the time who who are in the business and want to do more and get into probate, I tell them the first place to start. If you listen carefully to what he said, are the attorneys you already know who know, like, and trust you? And, and I know this one, that doing business with him is a pleasure because he knows you, likes you, and trusts you to begin with, right? Yeah, yes, yes. I was you even, good friends. I was not just a good friend, but I was his best man at his wedding. So it was like, right. you know, they, he knew me really well. And he trusted me. Um, yeah. The other, honestly, the other, his boss, on that second case, which was really high profile, his boss, another attorney, didn't trust me or know me and was very nervous about this video guy being the center of their case on their defense. So he came to the meeting that right away in the beginning, the first meeting of that second case to check me out. And when I showed him what I could do in my office, he was sold immediately. But it, it wasn't so it you know, what happens is, yeah, your, your, your friends bring you in, but your skills have to keep you there. Your skills, your reliability are very important. You need to be reliable. You need to be able to say, I'm going to do it on this day, and you really do it. So let's talk a little bit about what you do today. As for your video. Not that this is meant to be a marketing pitch, but just to give people some context. So you've, your organization, you titled is a National Center for Audio and Visual forensics or ncavf.com so why did you choose that as the entity for your branding of your business um that's a good question it's a it's a big mouthful to say that but i from what i'd learned over a few years of doing this before i decided to pick this name and really incorporate before this i was doing it as a sole practitioner for several years and when i decided to incorporate with this name and it was a mouthful but I knew it, and I knew that government entities would, would be more comfortable with that, and attorneys would probably be more comfortable with that too, because they're used to all these acronyms in government settings um, and all kinds of long, drawn-out names, and I thought, this is perfect. Once I thought about it, and this is going to fit with my audience, who's going to be hiring us, both government and legal entities. Now, it turns out the particular niche of attorneys that you're focused with tend to be attorneys involved in cases with um, criminal cases. And there's, a, there's police unions and police unions and organizations are large bureaucratic organizations. So that's what you're talking about. That, that kind of nomenclature kind of fits their industry or their, their, their world, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, as you mentioned, criminal cases. I do a lot of also civil cases as well. So it's a lot of plaintiff attorneys, defense attorneys that are hiring us and government entities such as DAs, police officers, a lot of different um, groups actually. And he's given a, a presentation I went to, was it pre-COVID or when they opened things up? I'm telling you, where were we? Pre-COVID, it was pre, if you it's went- Beverly Hills, um, Beverly Hills- Yeah, uh, just pre-COVID. It was like in February of 2020. Yeah, like people were starting to not come around to stuff, so it was a little bit sparse. But it was so cool because he showed the video and his particular niche, or at least the, that presentation, was combining multiple um, inputs of video from different people's phones and security from different angles, how things look one way, but then you get the other evidence is the other way. Very technical, very interesting kind of, he's playing a video game and he gets paid for it basically, I think, at the end of the day. <laughs> okay, it's not that much fun. But no, but it's, um, it requires, if you want me to talk about just real quickly, it requires yeah. gathering different sources of evidence such as cell phones, surveillance video, 
body cameras from officers, 911 calls, different sources, and tying them together in a single timeline so you can watch them all in synchronicity uh, to understand what was happening at the moment and during the case. And then you do all kinds of things to zoom in on something or choose one of the angles, choose one of the audio sources, cleaning up the audio sources to understand the evidence better and get clarity on what the attorney is facing so they can know when they go into court, you know, what might come up against them and what might come up in court. Now, one of the things you do for marketing that I wanted to share that's similar to a prior guest, one of my prior guests, if you've been on my show before, um, Kevin Sales, who is both a probate coach and author, as well as a title representative for a lawyer's title, my, my preferred title rep for certainly probate cases, <clears throat> is he does classes for uh, CLE credit, for credit for attorneys that they need for their license. And I know you do that as well as part of your marketing. Share a little bit about your thinking on that and how you integrate that into your business. Yeah, so I, I'm always, as the owner, I have to figure out how to market my business. So the first step is to figure out who the target audience is for your business. And after you know working on this a long time, I realize attorneys are my target. I know it might sound obvious, but you can get distracted with, for example, trying to target private investigators, for example. They sometimes hire us, yeah, but really they're not the ones driving my business. I have to realize who's driving my business. Is private citizens driving my business? Private citizens who have court cases? No, they're, they're a one-time client and they probably won't tell their friends that they used me because it's kind of an embarrassing thing you know, for them quite often, um, or they don't want to talk about it. So, but attorneys will, are a target. They will share their, their information with another attorney. If an attorney has video or audio or a cell phone in their case, and their friend has used me before, their friend will say, you know what, you should talk to David about it. He can help you. So first of all is know your target, right? Then after that, sorry, there's some noise or something. I didn't know what happened. Um, that after you know your target, then you figure out how to reach that target audience. More than that, I realized once I found the target, which is attorneys, and I figured out how to reach them, which is teaching them is one great way in person. Um, online is okay, like we're doing now, but I really like doing it in person at firms, at law firms or association meetings, bar association meetings. Then they see me in person. They see how I testify, potentially. They'd see how I present in court that, you know, I would be trustworthy. I'd be trusted by the jury. So no way, I feel like, you? Yeah, exactly. So no. So once they see me teaching, and they they realize that not only is the subject matter interesting, but that I also conveyed it well to the jury, then people feel more comfortable to hire us for the subject matter, which is video and audio and cell phone evidence. So it just made sense. It worked out because I write an article for the paper a paper online, um, it, it doesn't really get the attention. I like it much better. Plus I'm giving out, I like teaching. It's in something I enjoy. And I get to give out credit to people for the class they take with me. So there's a whole bunch of wins there. Notice he smiled so much. We talked about how much he enjoys teaching. And it's <laughs> important to find a way to do business that you enjoy. Exactly. Back up a little bit. He also talked about how to, how to demonstrate your expertise by teaching. And obviously that's what I'm doing here. Part of my job is to showing I'm teaching real estate agents to attorneys. I'm showing it to households that might uh, use me and showing other agents how to build their business. So it's the exact same principle he's using on building his business. Um, I have a question hand up. I saw Rochelle, did you take it down or leave or uh, there she is. Rochelle, are you still there? Hi Bill, there? sorry, that was by accident. I apologize, thank you. No problem. Glad to have you say hi. Thank you so much. Hey, if any of you do have questions, feel free to put in the chat box or raise your hand on the uh, the um, Zoom function or put in the chat box. And I love questions. questions. He loves questions. You know, he's a fun guy. So he doesn't bite uh, unless you ask him to bite you. No, um, even then I wouldn't. Chikosher. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Ench also has his hand up. Zach, how can we help you? So I guess my question is, um, as I'm starting to go after probate and estate attorneys, um, one question I'm wondering is just about getting the face-to-face um, -face 
And um, one person mentioned that these guys and gals are uh, used to being paid by the hour. Um, so one idea that was thrown out there was to offer them to pay their billable rate for you know 12 minutes. So you've got two tenths of an hour. And um, I thought that was clever. Um, I you know I would think I would more likely take it, but I'd rather save the 60 to 80 bucks for the 12 minutes. Um, so I've got this like whole cover letter and we're doing gifts and it's like a mail campaign with like a whole packet that they can give to their clients. But I'm just curious how protective of attorneys time, uh, you know, are they, how protective are they of their own time? Um, would it make sense to offer them the billable rate or would it just make sense to say, I'd love to schedule some time to talk with you and show them enough value in the initial packet that it would be worth their while. Well, okay, so I don't know about how probate and all, I don't even know what the word means almost, you know, in terms of that. So that's my weakness there. With attorneys, you know, I agree that they are very often very valued. They, they value their time. Yes. 100%. So how do you get through that? You offer them something that they want. You offer them something that they need. Now, what is that? I don't know. But think about not just giving out things, but... Yeah, everyone likes money, of course. I get. I mean, I could see, but the problem with that is that you have to set up. They have to set up an account and get a receipt and to pay them. Just to do that takes a lot of time. You know, just to say you're paying them for only two tenths of an hour or one tenth of an hour. So there's a lot more time involved, even to get there to give them money for that. I don't know what it would be, but like in my example, I'm not advertising to them when I teach. Their association is inviting me to speak because I have a value to them. They're coming to socialize with other people and to do business with other people while they're there. And I see that when I'm there, but I happen to be the guest speaker that speaks for half an hour, teaches them something that blows them away, honestly. They just never realize the depth of audio and video enhancement and analysis and how it can help them. And it, it came away with a huge value. So that's just my, I don't know how to answer that any better than that. Uh, so actually, just to throw a couple other ideas, <clears throat> I think the leading probate by volume salesperson LA sponsors the bar association events and uses that as a way to get in front of them and create value for them. They get advertised and then speak in front of them is one way. I know that when I went to LA County um, uh, probate court one time, um, a Tata representative uh, like David got qualified to give continuing education credits to uh, attorneys and spoke and they came and they have to get a certain amount of credits and so they were glad to do that was another way to do that. I think that puts you in a stronger position than buying their time by the hour I think would be challenging. Though I will say my experience is most attorneys, if you call them and have some connection to them, will go out to lunch with you. So there's somebody else that you know that does business with them. I teach real estate agents, you should go through your sphere and find out who did your client's estate plan. Oh, All of them that have an estate plan have an attorney. All those attorneys are glad to, if they did a good job, uh, share with you who they are, and there's a good excuse to call them and say, hey, we just talked to Joe and Mary, did their estate plan, I'm a realtor, I talk to people all the time that need that, love to meet you and perhaps refer you some business. You know, can we go to lunch and meet or can we have a cup of coffee and meet, subject to COVID restrictions, whatever that means to you. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I love hope that helps a little bit. One of the sphere and asking them, who do you know, who, who helped you? So that can be my first target and then I yeah. can, can spin off. Um, I've done CLEs for family law attorneys, um, past, but that takes time to build those connections to get into that section. And so I'm going after a different section of the bar in this case. Um, so, but I like the idea of, of going after it from a warm perspective. That's helpful. Thank you. Definitely. Most, most valuable way I know of. And that's how I, just like David's story, my story is the first attorney was a, was a friend and he referred me a client. And I was off to the races from there. So Okay, we have some other comments in the chat box. We have some marketing, fine. Feel free to put your info in the chat box to promote your business. We're glad to have you do that. Question from Sabrina, who's a certified probate and estate agent. If the executor says his father will buy it, there says his father will buy it, we need to find out if he's planning to use a realtor, most likely, right? Sabrina, that's a little complicated question. Um, not really for David, uh, no offense, David's a, a bright guy, but not his area of uh, expertise. Um, I'd be glad to give you an answer offline. Depends what state you're in. Depends what type of probate it is. They have authority, they have full or limited authority. If you want to text or email me afterwards, we can talk or tomorrow. I'd love to walk you through that if possible. Okay. 
So David, the, um, the business, just to understand, because one of the questions I, I always get from agents also, just like when Zach asked, the, kind of the next question is, well, how long is it before I see business? Well, you got kind of some business from our friend, right? So how long was it though from the time that you were able to market to develop some additional business separate from the person you already knew and, and had a relationship with? So I decided after that second case in 2007, that this is what I wanted to pursue. I wanted to pursue being a forensic video and audio expert. I don't even remember if at that time I knew the name I should use like that, you know, call myself a forensic audio and video expert. I didn't want to be, I realized I didn't want to be named a private investigator. I thought that was not what I was doing, although I do, we do investigations, so it was a little tricky. Um, it took me, I would say, okay, so first of all, after that second case, attorneys, would ask my client, you know, how who to use, or he would refer me. He started referring me. I started getting a few inquiries that way. Word of mouth is the best for me. And it's probably the best for you guys too. Okay. So word of mouth means do an astounding job for that client. If you lose money or not, it doesn't, I mean, you know, you I don't know how you price and how that works, but it doesn't matter if the initial job you get is a loss because they're if you're good you're going to be spread around to everyone else right people will talk about you so that's really important is that you do a great job for that first client yeah you should make money of course but they will tell their friends if you're just you over deliver you know just do a great job first class service that's what we always do here and it's different than some we're not just trying to churn it out we're you know first class that's our goal um so that's one thing. The other thing is it took me three years, really, from 2007 to 2010 to really build up my business enough where I could drop doing all the other stuff that I was doing to make a living. I had In 2007, I decided to build a separate website, a separate identity, and keep the old one, which is doing video productions in general, corporate videos, even family videos like weddings and events, and doing educational tutorials and all this kind of stuff I did for different clients, promotional videos for nonprofits, banquet videos for them for nonprofits, all kinds of stuff. But it took three years really to transition completely from doing from not doing that anymore to doing just forensic audio and video. So and it's yet, a, slow, a slow process. Now today, do you do the other work as well? Or you just don't do it at all. No, from 2010, my last job was 2010 in doing video production. It's been a yeah, long so, time. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. You're able to focus. I think for real estate agents, the same thing. Sometimes we get so distracted with different things. For me personally, you know, um, like your business, not all my business comes from a probate case, but it's all referred from my lead generation in that area for one. And for two, there's a certain type of business I do and I've eliminated the part that I don't do. It's the same thing. Um, yeah, I definitely kept focused. It's true. It's true. And I do keep focused and I'm kind of anally focused, which that's a bad word to use, I guess, but uh, <laughs> no, but I'm very focused with, you know, just, I mean, I created two websites, two purposes. I wrote on a, a business, full business plan for this new business. And I was very, uh, fairly precise with that business plan. The only thing I didn't do great in that business plan was the financial side of it. I was using my gut. I was using all the jobs involved. I was all going through a business plan, but the financial stuff, I kind of said, it's going to work out. The financial stuff will work out. And? Yeah, it worked out. It, it worked did. Out. It did. But but um, I just knew that um, I felt it would. You know, I felt from seeing what I had seen with attorneys and with my work that I saw video and audio getting huge with all everyone carrying, the, you know, this, the iPhone came out in 2007. So that was just at the end of that second case. And I knew that there's going to be video everywhere, you know, body worn cameras and surveillance systems and handheld cell phones. I just felt that it was going to be a big business. So I jumped on it. Oh, how exciting. Okay. So I have a bunch of questions regarding probate specifically and real estate probate. I'll handle those at sure. the end of our call today. But we have here on the phone a guy who's built a business marketing and focusing to attorneys which I think applies to any business, which is building yeah. referrals, right? And he happened to be attorneys, which is the area that we work in. So anybody have any questions specifically 
<clears throat> that David could be an expert in answering for you, which is how to build a business based on referrals from attorneys. And of course, in probate, that's a big chunk of our opportunity a lot of people ask about. Yeah, and if people don't have questions, I could talk a little bit about things. I have some ideas that come to mind about how to reach attorneys. Yeah. And one of the things that I did from the beginning, once I, well, not the very beginning, but after I, you know, I, I felt around my business and figured it out, I decided to model my business after an attorney's law firm. Yes. So, so what does that look like? So go through that. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that whatever, and so it would become, an attorney would feel comfortable dealing with us. So I would have someone else, I'll just give you some of the structures. Um, I'm not, cause I get to spend a lot of time, but I use software to run my business that attorneys use. I decided to get a retainer up front for our services. So people would pay ahead of time and I would deduct that just like attorneys do. I, I had a trust account set up so that attorneys would send the money to that trust account. And then that would be what would be drawn from. Um, I would use the terms such as retainer, such as, um, I try to use the terms that attorneys would use as much as possible. So they feel comfortable that I know what I'm talking about, but also they feel comfortable in that world. So a lot of things like that. Um, we, we try to realize that attorneys value their time extremely well. So you got to value their time. I try to be very concise with my conversations with them. I'm not so caught. I don't, I'm not so social with them, especially at the beginning, unless I really sense that they're, in, they're interested in being a little more playful then I do that too because I like being playful it's just that attorneys are like give me this and this and I say well that's great we will but let's talk about the case a little bit more to understand what are we dealing with here because you might want to think outside the box on this so anyway so everything I built around was to make them feel comfortable and to run the business as an attorney so this is a question I get asked from real estate agents. It's a very real estate agent-y kind of question. And I'm going to ask you, because I know the answer, but I think I want to see your reaction more than anything else. How about calling up the attorney with a case number? Is that too deceptive trying to get in on the case in hand? So have you ever cold called attorneys asking them for business? Um, I tried originally early on cold calling attorneys. Ooh. That's almost impossible to get through to. So then I tried cold calling paralegals or their assistants, right? Try to figure who's their assistant. They also, it became useless from my experience. It really, I tried hard in multiple different ways and try to wait. If someone has some suggestions, I'm actually open to ears, but the cold calling does not work for us. Often because attorneys are not needing our services when we call. And that's all, if they just happen to need our services, wow, that would be really odd. You know, like it's not like every attorney has a civil case or a criminal case that needs video or audio work done. You know, so the cold calling is, was a waste of time. Well, and so we, we're kind of the opposite where we have real estate agents who buy data so they know that attorney has a probate case and may get called by 30 different agents. <laughs> and so they, they may, need a, a real estate agent, but they don't need you when they call. I think the other part though is your marketing is to look like an attorney. Attorneys never cold call for cases. They don't market at all. Thank so you have to market in a way that doesn't look like marketing. Right. Right. It's true. It's true. And I don't, I enjoy marketing, but the way I do it right now, I'll tell you the best things that I do for marketing, I believe, besides teaching, which like I'm doing now in this environment, this is a little unusual because you're a friend and you know, you asked oh. me to come on. Yeah. And it's, it's a little different. I didn't have to do anything. You just called me and said, do you want to come on? Cause I think you have a lot to offer. And I'm like, okay, sure. In fact, actually though, you saw me speak somewhere else and that's why you felt comfortable bringing me into your class. On this topic. I mean, I know you and I know your business and we, I saw you speak on your topic, but I saw you speak on marketing to attorneys specifically. And I said, Gee, this guy's an expert on the topic. He's built a business marketing attorneys. He, he's got a lot to say on the subject. So, um. right. So, so the best, yeah. So the best way, okay, is teaching for me, but also another way that's really helpful is I built up a very elaborate contact list with emails over time, past clients, 
other people interested in our services, through the conferences that I teach at, through the bar associations. And I keep that list really carefully um, on constant contact, which some people don't use, but other people do, just happens to be the one I use. On constant contact, I have over 5,000 contacts now on there. And I don't spam guys. Hear me carefully. I do. I send out literally three or four emails a year on that list. Three or four emails on that list. That's it. Um, but each email I send is extremely packed with very concise data, very concise information. I try to make super relevant and useful to those attorneys and private investigators actually on that list. There's a few, there's some, there's definitely some, but mostly attorneys. That is my target. And I, I get a 30% open on those emails every time that I send it, which is very high for the market. I think you'll agree with that. I don't know, but 30% open rate is very high. And that's because we only do it three times a year. I say that in the email, even that I only do three or four emails a year at the beginning and end. And that gets them to trust us and open, they open the email. And I don't, so I don't spam them. I hate getting an email from some of these services every other day or every, even every week. It's just, it gets exhausting. Sorry, it just does. Um, is this something that you prepare yourself or you buy a packaged email you send out to your... I do it myself. Yeah, that's the it, thing. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can get anyone to write anything and spam around all you want. I write this content myself. I have it edited, of course, by uh, people in the, in the office and also my mom, actually, who's, mom. A, great, who's a great editor. Um, and other people I trust often, I'll run things by. So I'm, I spent a huge amount of time writing that. And it's a great way to market to people because they they get this email, they choose whether to open it or not. But I'm going against the grain. I'm going against the spam tech, you know, spam idea. And well, not the really. These are people you have a relationship with. So spam is sending out blindly to people you don't know, uh, versus right. maintaining a relationship by giving value, which is really what you're doing. And you're yes. measuring the value, and they're saying, "Yeah, I wanted it at thirty percent." Is a I watch that same number for my email. I email more to my clients and more to real estate agents because I'm a realtor. I'm a different business than you, but I watch that thirty percent number very carefully, and I'm right at that same number. Um, nice, nice, yeah. And I again, you have to know who your audience is, what they're interested in reading about. Correct. So I know my target audience, and you guys should all know your target audience. My target audience again is attorneys. And I know what they that they value their time. So emails are very concise. They can click other links in the email if they want to see more. Um, and they do sometimes, but they see this email. It's concise. It's to their interest, which is how to run a trial, how to deal with evidence, how to deal with writing motions. I mean, related to video and audio forensics. Um, so uh, let me see here. I got. So, so Pete says that he cold called attorneys, one he went to lunch with, and that was a great referral source. You know, Pete, I will say that I know another real estate agent who's made a living cold calling attorneys. Now, he was a cold caller. He had that kind of training, that kind of personality, and he, he did it, and he does a ton of business. The biggest challenge I find for people who do that, and it's a great way to start your business, is but you have to build the relationship, and cold calling tends to be very transactional. So I would never say it doesn't work. Most people don't want to do it. Most people won't pay the price to get it done. But more importantly, at some point, you want to transfer um, from being a cold caller to a marketer developing relationships, I think, right? Because David's not, he tried cold calling, didn't work for him. Most people won't even do the work, I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Jim asked, he had a retired judge who one time said to seek bar association events or other events where attorneys congregate Never follow three. Wonders if that's a good way to meet attorneys. Dave, what are your what are your thoughts? Again, <clears throat> um, I apologize for not knowing. You know, I don't oh, know how all your what's that bar association. So, yeah. have you ever so, gone to LA Bar or, or Beverly Hills Bar Association? For sure, I go to bar associations. Um, I don't go there. Uh, I have I haven't attended. Uh, I can't say never, but I only attend when I'm teaching, and then I attend. You I know, agree. I I, I don't yeah, go to just socialize. Uh, 
and maybe that would be the same in your case. I think if you're an attorney, I can see going to bar association meetings just as an attorney, but it's much better to go, I found, to go as a teacher. Someone you're giving, you're going to be presenting to everyone there. Right. Definitely. I like that. Um, so yeah, I don't go to bar association events as an attendee. I went a couple of times. It just didn't feel right. It feels too needy. But if I'm going as a vendor or a speaker or a teacher, then it puts you in a different position in the relationship. I think that works. Um, and then uh, Chuck asked about the uh, retainer. That probably wouldn't work for a business. I think the point, Chuck, and for everybody in the call, I think the point to take out of this is not necessarily David's specific activities, but listen to his mindset. This is a guy who built a business marketing to attorneys. And so for I think it translates to us like this. As a real estate agent, when I go to court, I dress like an attorney. I wear a dark suit, white shirt, silk tie, and have a, one of those briefcases on a roller, and I look like an attorney, right? I have two sets of business cards. Most of my cards have my picture and all the realtor stuff on it. But I have a separate set of cards for attorneys that look like attorney's cards. They're white. They're a black font, a black uh, ink, a basic font, name, address, phone number, uh, a certification on it, right? So translate what he's saying into different words and understand how your business should look. Um, again, I, this was a little bit of a different interview than I might normally do, but this is a guy who's literally built a very successful business uh, targeting the people that many real estate agents asked me to target to. Okay, I think now I have a bunch of questions regarding real estate and probate that I'm gonna handle without David because I just don't think it's really his thing. Um, any other any other questions though for David as far as marketing activities to develop business relationships with attorneys? Any other questions in that area? I told him I came from an hour, about a half hour and we've gone a little bit over and he's a great guy and a lot of fun, um, but I have to keep it fun for him. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I don't I don't, I don't, yeah, if anyone has questions, of course they can contact me. It's no problem after the fact. If something comes to mind or you think of something to do with video and audio, you know, Bill knows how to reach me. It's fine. So, so um, uh, if someone wanted to reach you, your website again is in, you know, you remember ncavf.com, which is the National Center for Audio and Video Forensics.com. Uh, yes. You can see his stuff there. You can see him online on LinkedIn and such. Uh, and reach out yeah, to and I'm happy to talk about business too. Like I, I love helping people. I really do. And that's why I like teaching. So if anyone's in questions about running their business, something I can help with, advice about marketing or about anything to do with running the business, financial stuff, I'm not as good at, but I can give you advice about it and I'll tell you what I know and I don't know. And then I'm happy to help. So if you reach out, that's fine. And also you put a chat uh, on any of the social medias and I'll forward that to David because we talk all, we literally talk all the time. So um, anyhow, uh, I'm with, David, we're going to continue this conversation about probate and real estate without Enjoy you. Enjoy everyone. But, yeah, no uh, problem. Please, on behalf of everybody here, please give a, th a thank you to my good friend, David Notowitz. And uh, thank you for his time here being with us. And David, thank you so much. It was, it was really a pleasure. Oh, thank you guys. All the best. Have a good day. So um, I'm going to, um, uh, yeah, uh, Evie asked his information is ncavf.com. That's his website. <clears throat> and if you go on there, it has his contact info. Um, and you want to know what he does as far as video and stuff. David Notowitz is his name. Uh, great guy. Like he's, a, he's a close personal friend. And um, again, I know this was not exactly right the alley of a probate attorney, what we want to go for, but it's the mindset. He didn't have a plan when he started in his business to market trades. It kind of came his way. And I want that to be lesson number one, which is all of you who want to increase your probate business, the easiest, best, fastest business is already in your database. The easiest, best, and fastest is already there. It's your client who has an estate plan, that attorney. That's a warm call. Most clients are thrilled to share the name of the attorney. And if they're not, they might need a, an attorney referral to rewrite their, case, their estate plan. And that is business you can bring to the next attorney. So I've, done, I've talked about this numerous times. The number one thing to do is canvas your clients and your past clients and your prospects, those that have estate plans, who was the attorney and did they like them? And the ones they like, those are the ones you call first. The ones they, that didn't like their attorney, make a note, you need to introduce them to a great attorney who can do, redo their estate plan or review at least for them. And those that don't have it need one. I would start there if I was starting my business over again as a real estate agent. I could move into any market and just start with that uh, to get some business. Okay, so a bunch of questions we have, and I want to answer them. And feel free to put more in the chat box if you have them. Um, the benefits of getting certified on probate 
And who's the best organization to do this? This was asked by Zach. So I think that certification has two, two purposes. One is to impress people that you're knowledgeable. And the other is to educate yourself to be knowledgeable. Attorneys in particular uh, value the certification because their nature, at least in California, you have the California Associ uh, Bar Association and they have sections and they would only refer a case, for example, if you're an attorney in Los Angeles, they would not even think of referring a probate case or trust case to an attorney who was not in that section as well because there's extra training required. It's also where they get referrals. So it does, it does connote a certain basic understanding. I would say, and Zach, I know you're not in California. In California, I recommend the California Association of Realtors, CAR program, done by attorney Paul Horn. I think it's the best on teaching you the probate process, specifically in California. Now, since that class, the form changed. We used to have a separate probate purchase agreement. Now we use the basic pro, uh, purchase agreement with a probate addendum. Other than that, uh, his class is right on point in terms of knowing the process. Uh, and I don't know that it matters which cert you have to impress a customer. I don't think they even know the difference in my experience. But I do feel strongly that you also need to learn the business. I think I've taken every class. I've taken alltheleads.com, Probate Mastery, MTI, Kevin Sales, um, Probate Fox. Um, I, I mean, I think I've taken everyone I'm aware of that's of any value at all. I would say that the best case uh, for learning where to come from and building a business, in my opinion, is probate mastery, is Chad Corbett. And he was my first coach in probate. Well, that's not really true. He was the first one when I started full-time in the probate marketing, uh, when he was with all the leads. Uh, and I, I've retaken his class. I like that he allows you to take it over and over again. And it's on demand because the trained classes that are only offered on weekdays from 10 to 12 or 10 to 1, my business doesn't allow me to do that. It just, just doesn't work for me. So I'll put in the chat box, I do have an affiliate code where I get credit for people who sign up for that. And I'm, and I'm working with Chad on helping really build, I think, the next version of his business. And so I'd appreciate it. If it's something you like, you know, please hit that code. And then I kind of get some credit for that, which is great. But um, more importantly, I believe in it. He has a weekly alumni, uh, well, he has a weekly call that you can continue. And I think you need to think of that as joining a group and participating in i think we all need that and then he has a um, members only alumni only facebook group where people have questions and share leads and things like that so i recommend probate mastery um you know uh i think all the leads does a good job um mti you know i think is okay um uh and, and i will say i reach out to all of them to try to interview them i've interviewed a couple of the coaches on my youtube channel as well so i can offer I think an informed re reference, but for my money uh, and my time, uh, I'm in the middle of retaking probate master right now as we speak. So, okay, that was that. Hope I answered that question for you, Zach. Good. Um, then uh, next question from Isaac. You have two questions. Uh, Where the probate process does a real estate agent get paid? So the answer is in the probate process. If they're selling a house, you get paid like any other real estate transaction at the end. Now, one thing that's different as a probate specialist, I often will advance money for my client in a way I would normally. Just because they have less money, it's more complicated for them to get money to pay for things. And often the houses need fix-ups and evictions and other services. Um, but that said, you get paid like any other transaction when the property is sold at escrow. Um, the, the heirs get paid at the very end when they, when they close out the probate. The la it's interesting, a probate, the last people to get paid are the heirs. Before them are the real estate agents get paid. And then before that, the, the vendors get paid with court approval, or depending on how it works, taxes get paid, attorneys get paid, and whatever's left goes to the heirs. So, but that's all done at the end. Second, when a broker decides to purchase a probate, which he or she is a listing agent, where he or she still receive his or her compensation. Uh, Isaac, what state are you in? Well, I will just say, California. I, I'm sorry, California. Good. So I'm an agent like you in California. And uh, I'll say it depends on your local state law in California. Um, uh, his question is, can you buy a property as a principal and get a commission? And the answer is in California, we're allowed to do that as long as you disclose it properly. Right. 
And you're subject to the customer saying, hey, you ripped me off. You're supposed to give me top dollar and you sold it for less just to buy it yourself. So I would never do that as a principal, but theoretically you can. What you can't do is in probate court, buy a property as a principal and get a commission. You have to be one or the other. The probate court confirmation process won't allow you to be both. Now that's a little known rule that hardly anybody knows. I have seen a listing agent bring that up and try to deny the buyer's agent the commission, rightfully so, and the buyer's agent didn't know what he was doing and didn't get his commission. Um, so I think I answered that question. Um, David DaCosta recently completed your probate special certification. David, what do you mind sharing with us? What company did you get it from and what was your experience? David DaCosta? It was a good experience. I went through CAR and I did that attorney out of Los Angeles, uh, Joe Horn. Paul Horn. Paul Horn, I'm sorry. Good. That correction. And uh, very good experience. I buckled down over the holiday season. And uh, in about three weeks, three and a half weeks, I was all done. Good for you. Yeah, I would say that I think if you're California, especially, it's the best one on the probate process. I would say when he ventures into marketing, I love Paul. He's a great attorney. Uh, he, he, not a lot of attorneys like him because he's tough. He's got sharp elbows in probate court. But if, you, if that's your attorney, you like that. Um, but I don't think his marketing is really on point. I don't think he understands how we get our business. So I'd be a little careful <clears throat> on some of the, <clears throat> the letters and the marketing stuff. And I've, I've talked to them and offered some help. I've been to, I've spoken with him a couple of times as well, as far as at events that he does, he'll talk about the process and I'll talk about how to get the business. Jim says, can't seem to get attorneys on the phone. Oh, really? I think that's everybody. It's hard to get on the phone. Is it too deceptive to use a probate list and get through the gatekeeper by saying you're calling about the state of John Smith? Is that too tricky? So, you know, Jim, I think you have to think about, well, look, it will work. Everything works at some percentage, right? So you have to think about two things. One, does it work enough? We'll track your numbers and you'll find out. Over, give yourself at least 30, I would say 90 days to get through the phone rhythm and learn how to do that. But then you also have to think about, and if you listen to what David said, do you want your business that way? Because if the basis of your relationship starts with somewhat deceptive, what's that going to do for you going forward? So I've always tried to take the approach, I want to do business with people who want to do business with me. The reason I do this call every week is I love it when people call me with referrals, questions, let's partner on a deal together. I want people, I want to swim out to people swimming towards me. I don't want to chase people down. But I would say you got to start somewhere. And um, uh, so if that's a way to get there for you, uh, I wouldn't do it unless I knew somebody who had done it successfully and, and knew the details. Um, and like I said, I've only known one guy who was like a Mike Ferry expired listing expert who moved into probate and did this and has built a good business as a result. You have to really have the phone skills and systems, I think, to make that work. Claudia says, can you have my contact info? So yeah, Claudia, and for everybody on the call, um, I'm a real estate agent in LA. Um, and so my social medias are all Bill Gross EXP on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, Bill Gross EXP. I'm affiliated with EXP. And my phone number is 310-210-0008, 310-210-0008. And I'm sure if you registered and you're here on this call, you'll get some email from me. Uh, with today's call, for example, and the link and such. But thank awesome. you. If you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, what are the three best ways to have attorneys reach out to us? Uh, Sabina asks, Sabina, where are you located? You're still on the call. Yeah. <clears throat> Sabina. Sorry about that. Studio City, California. Okay, so you're, so you're in a very competitive market, right? You're mm -hmm. in a competitive market. You know, what I tell people is LA's probate courts probably 30 times bigger than the average market in the country. We have probably 35 times the competition of people cold calling uh, the petitioners and cold calling the attorneys. Sabina, I, that's a great question. I teach there's 11 different ways to get business uh, in probate real estate. So 11 ways to get listings or sales in probate. And I think it's important to know your skills, know your assets, and deploy your assets in a skillful way. I don't believe there's one way for everybody. I don't believe everybody should cold call petitioners. I don't think everybody should cold call attorneys. I don't think everybody should postcard or mail to either of those groups. I think those are great for those who go that route. Those are great for those who um, have those assets. If you're a cold caller, for sure, 
you have money to mail, for sure. But if those aren't your assets or skills, I would say there's other ways to get business, depending on where you are in the business. The number one, and I say this, and nobody likes it because I'm not selling anything, it doesn't cost anything, I'm just telling you it's hard work. But if you work hard every day at this, I promise you it will get results. The number one way to get business is by the people you already know, like, and trust, and they know, like, and trust you. And either they have an estate plan or they don't. If they have one, they have an attorney, find out who it is, see if they like them. Now you have an attorney you can call, introduce yourself to. And if they don't, they own a house, you can refer the attorneys that other people like to them to get an estate plan one. If you just so, did that. So ahead, what would that call be like? You call your past client, you call your yeah. sphere, and you yeah. say, you know, I'm looking to help so many families. And by doing no, so. No, 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 no. Hey, Sabine, I call, you know, this is Bill Gross. I'm a real estate agent. I sold you your house eight years ago. I don't know if you remember me. And you'll say, I don't remember you. <laughs> yeah, I sold your house yeah, on 123 Main Street. And, um, you know, I check up on my clients from time to time. I'm sorry we've had a chance to chat. Uh, but I see you guys still live there. How are things going? Do you still, how's the house? Is it all working out for you? Yeah. Oh, great. You know, I noticed when I bought, when I sold you the property, and the reason I'm calling you is you bought the property in the name of you, Sabina, and your husband, Joe, not in a trust, but you buy his personal, uh, in your names. And I was curious, were you guys aware of the value and importance of, a, of an estate plan to protect your assets? No, I wasn't uh, really aware. I haven't paid attention to that. Yeah. I'm curious, do you guys have kids? Yeah. It's important to you if, God forbid, something happened to you that you avoid court and attorney's fees as much as possible and we're able to take care of them? Of course. Yeah, so we're in a discussion right now, right? And the other one would be if you bought it, hey, Sabina, I noticed when I, when I sold you guys' house two years ago, you bought it in the Joe and Sabina Family Trust, right? Yes. You're a real estate agent, and I deal with customers like you all the time that need trusts, who don't have good attorneys. I'm curious, who did your estate plan, and is that somebody you're happy with that I could refer other customers like you to? Perfect. What I just did was I referred you as a customer. You like hearing right. that. Right. Right. And if you like the person, you're going to love, oh, yeah, our tree is Molly. She's the greatest. Oh, yeah, call Molly. She loves you. Exactly. You don't call Molly and ask her for referrals. You just say, hey, I was talking to Sabina and Joe, and they told me they use you for their estate plan. I talk to people every day who need one. And here's the key phrase when you call the attorneys is, are you still writing estate plans? That's, that's kind of code word for you understand their business because some attorneys will write the plans when they're young. And once they've established a bunch of clients, they just want to administer the plans and they don't want to be bothered with the writing, they might refer it out or they don't do it anymore. So when you ask that question, you're kind of saying, I kind of know your business a little bit. You're not shaking them down for business. You're calling them and asking, can I refer you? Because I'm calling my past clients and some need an estate plan. I don't know anybody else. Is that something you do? Does that make sense? Yes. If you called everybody you know, like and trust, the 100 or 200, and just determine either they have an attorney or don't, and match those who do to find out who they are, call them and introduce yourself and stay in touch with them, and those that don't, introduce them to the attorneys. You'll have more business you know what to do with, I promise you. Right, right. That sounds awesome. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Um, Mark Pedroza, can somebody explain C-Press? I'm seeing the logo, not only California, across the nation. Um, so C-Press is the particular certified professional real estate specialist um, certification. I think that's Mike Torres does that one, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, so it's just a logo somebody, you know, anybody can take a logo, market it, uh, trademark it, and then offer class to get it. Uh, the question is, what's the value of it? And I would say the value of it is not the name of the logo or the design of it. It's really the education you get. It's 99%. You should have one logo. I have, I guess I have five. I just happen to have one file and I keep throwing that one on my email. I don't think it makes so much difference. Does it look better? I'm just not the guy who cares about that kind of stuff. So I have one, but um I don't know that I would I'd take a class just for the logo or the name. I might for the information and education. Does CAR and NRR recognize the designation? No. CAR has their own designation. I don't know what it is. I forget it. I have it. it shows you how important it is to me. Um, but Paul Horn's class is a um, certified CAR program. As far as I know, there is no NAR for probate. There's an NAR for seniors. And, the, and it's interesting. I thought about creating one for national probate. Um, but I'm not really interested in, you know, that's not really my business. So. Um, and yeah. Pete says, I, go ahead, I'm sorry, somebody? All right, yes, I, I checked with Carr because I've taken the probate class with Paul Horn 
and there is no designation. I, I've got, had that down in the chat. There is no designation for that. And I asked them, you know, if there is so that we could put it on our, you know, as a designation. And they go, no, all we have is the logo and that's it. Yeah, but the logo is the designation. There's a name yeah. to the class. The designation is just a class. Uh, so I forget I the name of it. I'm a specialist for probate and trust. There you go. That's the name of it. Okay. Thank so you. It's that and the logo has initials on it. That's all, that's all that really means. But frankly, Paul Horn's name has a lot of a pull. Oh, some attorneys don't like him because they get in litigation with him. It's natural to have a rivalry, and, and some people have negative feelings like that. So I, I'd use his name judiciously. I'll tell you personally, I have great respect for him. And generally speaking, I think he does a really, really good job for his clients. Uh, and he doesn't refer me any business. So I'm not saying that because I'm in his, in his pocket or anything. I just think he does a good job. But I'm never, I very rarely mentioned other attorneys I know him because they've been on a case and they don't like, you know, the way he handled something. And, you know, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to make my relationship based on that. Um, okay. So Pete says, I co call attorneys with case numbers. One attorney called, offered to go to lunch with them, took him to lunch. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, and I think that, uh, Paul, my, or Pete, my guess is you're good on the phone. And if you have that skill and you enjoy doing that, and if you can track your numbers and get a good ratio of attorneys uh, as a result, I would say do it. Just make sure that you build into your business somehow. How do you take that attorney from a one-time lunch and getting referrals to a relationship to your business with a long run? But that sounds great. I would say keep doing it. Um, okay, we talked about the Bar Association. We talked about C-Press. Um, what certifications do you recommend in this area? I think I did that already, I, I, whichever one you like. Sounds like mirroring might get you in the door. Yes, I mean, I think mirroring works. I'm not, uh, website, I'm not sure what website you're asking about. Um, and we gave out David's information already. We got some thank yous for David, great. We got, God, we got a lot of comments here. Um, Mark's in the Sacramento area, thank you, Mark. Uh, Evie, you said you took his class as well, very good. Evie, which class did you take? We named a couple of them. Um, and then somebody asked, what's the cost? Sabina, which, which class are you asking about the cost for? Mastery. Put mastery is 500 bucks. Oh, okay. It's three days uh, of content. I took it, it was three days and four hours. And what he's now done is put it all online. When I took it the first time, I missed about half or two thirds because the phone's ringing and I'm trying to add a listing appointment and I kind of got busy. Uh, and so I actually retook it two or three times and I could never just sit and take the whole thing. I rather do that online uh, on demand and do it in the evening. So for me, it's a great thing to do five to six o'clock at night. Maybe and it like takes that. you from A to Z? Is that what it is? I think the thing about his is it gives you, it doesn't give you the same legal perspective that Paul Horns does in California. It gives you the general concepts very well, but more importantly is kind of the come from, where to come from in talking to the families, where to come from in talking to the attorneys so that you're effective. And I think that's why I like it more than the others is it's not just the, what the what's probate about, but where do you start to build a business that creates value for people? If you look at business from a transaction, I used to be a Mike Ferry agent. And, and basically that means I would call, call three hours a day, 40 contacts daily uh, and, and, and um, uh, practice my scripts and you grind it out and I made a good living, but you are so busy doing that, you don't really build the relationships and you don't focus on the value. And whereas I believe uh, Chad's premise is uh, the same as my first coach, Zig Ziglar, that you can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And I've told the story many times about my first couple of probate cases where I really got them by offering to help a family uh, where my training was, well, don't meet with a seller unless they're pre-qualified and ready to sign a contract. And Chad's training was the opposite. Look for opportunities to be of value and I actually met with the people and, and got two houses sold before I knew what I was doing. So. Again, it depends where you come from and, and how you would approach your business. But to me, Chad really comes more from an investor perspective as well, which I think uh -huh. is important to be opportunistic, as well as creating value for people rather than just a cold calling. And so in this conversation that you say is the best way to generate leads is having that conversation with past clients. When they say they don't have a trust, is that when you would interject Paul Horn's name or does it sound like it's too stacked that way or... Um, well, again, if you're talking about a cold call, that's a difficult thing. No, to, no, with my past client. I think that you should. So one of the things I do is I interview attorneys on my YouTube channel. 
who are probate attorneys, I'm sorry, estate planning attorneys, for the purpose of introducing them to you so that you can also call them and refer them clients. So depending on where you are, I just yesterday interviewed a guy, Laron Eliav, here in West LA. I recently interviewed um, uh, uh, Shadi, her last name, out of Orange County, fantastic uh, attorney. Jeff Condon, probably one of the high-end celebrity-focused estate plans, one of the best in West Los Angeles. So I've interviewed them on my YouTube channel so that you would see them and go, wow, uh, and call them and say, hey, uh, Jeff, you know, I have a client who needs your service. Can I make an introduction so that you can develop business with them as well? Oh, so I'll, I'll, look, I'll look that up in the YouTube channel. Or find your own. You know, if you have well, clients I, or happy with an attorney, that might be a great place to start too. Yeah, the only one I would think of is Horn because Paul Horn, because that's what I, I don't took. think of him as the right place for estate planning because he's more focused on litigation and probate. Oh, oh, good to know. Yeah. Um, okay, and and your else. YouTube channel is. Can you put that on here so we can copy and paste that? Uh, yeah, it's Bill Gross EXP. So YouTube.com. Uh, YouTube.com slash Bill Gross. I happen to be a broker associate with EXP and I'm the branch manager of the Beverly Hills office. Um, okay, good. Um, and so it's $500 total one time. In fact, it's one time, you can retake it as many times as you want. And they have a, a alumni Facebook group for referrals and I'm on that all the time and some superstar agents are on that all the time. It's a great resource to be in. So it's $500 uh -huh. total one time cost. I see. And I just had a quick question if nobody's asking any questions. If you're an executor and a realtor, can you sell the property directly to your father under full yeah. authority? Yeah. One of my colleagues is um, uh, Tanya English. She's actually a professional fiduciary. Now, again, you have fiduciary duty if you're the executor to the state and you have fiduciary responsibility as a realtor to the state. So you have to make sure you're covering those bases properly. And documenting and, and offering it and getting you know competitive and, and doing all the right things, but at the end of the day, uh, why not sell it to somebody in the family who might want it um, at a fair price? Uh, maybe you deduct the commissions, or you know, I've seen different formats that work for everybody as a win-win. But does it um, make sense to use a realtor if you are a realtor and you want to just kind of keep an arm's length? Mm -hmm. Again, I think it depends on the case, the family, the property. If you're talking about a property here in Los Angeles where it's competitive, yeah. yes. If you're talking about in a rural area where there's limited demand, but it's a family house and they agree on a price, I think that's a different No, it's story. in Culver City. Yeah, personally, I, I would want to list the property and get top dollar and evaluate the offers. And if I saw, if it went for, let's say it's worth a million dollars and somebody offered a million, and I would go to my brother or sister and say, you know what, I'd like to match that offer and pay a million and buy it myself. And they'd say, fine, I think it's great. But you have to be very careful you have a fiduciary responsibility there, so make sure you, you fulfill your obligations. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Jim says, how about showing up in person, dropping off a package or a letter, right, smash through the clutter? I like the concept, Jim. In fact, one of my plans had been pre-COVID, because uh, I get asked by a lot of brand new agents, and I know a lot of attorneys, but I don't necessarily stay in touch with them. My plan was to kind of create a route, like title reps do, where they have certain offices they go to and once a week drop off pens or donuts or something and meet the paralegals and kind of maintain those relationships. I think it's a great idea to meet in person, again, subject to COVID and what that means uh, to the customer if you walk in the door. Uh, Robert asked, do I personally know Zig? I, not only I meet him, I, I uh, coached with him in Dallas, Texas, actually Carrollton, Texas, in 1989 for a week. Uh, I was in a small group, uh, a train the trainer program they had. He was amazing. He really walked the walk, really one of the great people of my life. Robertson, probate mastery, great. Say hi next time we're on the thing. Mark says, it sounds like a conflict of interest. I agree with you, Mark. You'd be very, very careful. Um, my YouTube address, I think I gave that. What happens when you, once you get the attorney on the phone? What's, what's the ask or the agenda of the conversation? Zach, are you talking about in the case where we have, um, well, let me just answer it this way. I would never ask an attorney for a referral because I want to be like them. I want to be so good that you refer to me. I guess what I'm wondering is when you say, okay, um, you know, I ask you, Bill, who do you know that's, you know, do you have an estate done? And you say, yes, it was 
His name was um, Zach, and he was a great attorney, and we loved him. Yeah, super awesome. So then I call Zach up, and I'm like, great. "Hey, I was talking with Bill, and Bill said you were amazing. Uh, you still are you still writing estate plans?" And he goes, yes. "Yep." And then I say, "Cool. Well, I'd like to meet you." So then, well, it's, hey, before I go there, before I go there, yep. so the you know again as realtors, we want to go right for the kill, and you know, uh, I have a friend who refers to us as um, hardened criminals. We want to go right for the kill. Uh, and, and we're really looking to develop a relationship. So I would ask some questions like, great, you know, give me an idea of um, what's kind of the range of a common estate plan you write. Because I've seen online for 600 bucks for a template. And I've seen, uh, I work with Jeff Condon in West Los Angeles, who writes for celebrities and, and you know, very wealthy people, a plans that can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, what's the kind of sweet spot that you work in on a most regular basis? Okay, and they say, Seven hundred dollars. No, they're going to usually say if in California, they're going to say, well, anywhere from three thousand to ten thousand to twenty thousand, depending on the particulars. They're going to give you kind of a, a ballpark number that you're going to uh -huh. work with, right? Uh -huh. And I think, uh, but I also talk about the, what what types of estates are most common for you, you know. And some will really work with com complicated guardianships, conservatorships, privacy estates. So they'll, they'll kind of give you a little back. You want to get a conversation about their business and ask questions. Go on the website ahead of time. Take a look at it and see what it emphasizes, what it doesn't. Where do they work? Do they work out of the office regularly or not? Because some customers love to go to the office, as you know, and meet with the attorney, and others are fine doing it on a Zoom call. So you want to know how they work. Do you work, you know, uh, you somebody called with El, uh, Leron yesterday. I know him personally, but I don't know where his office is because he moved from when I met him most recently. Well, now he's on, he's on Wilshire and La Cienica. Good. So I know people willing to go there. I could you know, mention that. I think you want to look for the type of information that you would need to make an effective referral to them. So what I need to know, I need to know kind of how they do their business, what they, you know, how they operate, where they operate. Um, and also, how do you like to have a client come to you? So in the interview I did with Laurent, he goes, well, on my website, there's a button there and you, it's a calendar link. You schedule a phone call and he'll call you back for 15 minutes for free as a consult, no charge. I think customers love the 15 minute no charge phone call. Uh, that sounds like a real value to them. And it is a value to them. So I would say if I called Ben, I called Winston, say, hey, Winston, I know we spoke, you need an estate plan. I just talked to this attorney, Zach. Uh, now, the, here's the challenge. If I haven't met you, it's hard to refer to you. So I would say, you know, Zach, all oh, sounds great. I'm sure I have clients who might need your service down the road. I'm not looking for any anything from you other than I'd love to meet with you so that I can tell people I've met you in person. Can I pop by for a cup of coffee, or can we meet at a Starbucks sometime, or can I take you to lunch, whatever is appropriate. Because you really want to meet them in person before you refer a good client to them for that kind of service, in my opinion. At that meeting, don't ask for business. You're just there to develop a relationship and stay in touch with them. And then when you call your client, Winston, you can say, I've met Zach. He's in your area. He does those kind of plans. You can make an effective referral. You really want to edify a referral to get them over there. The attorneys are never going to call the client, so you've got to really make the client Call them. And by the way, uh, Winston on Zach's website, there's a link here. I'm going to send it to you. Just click there, pick a time, and he'll call you, and you guys can you know, get information started for no cost. Does that help a little bit? So you're basically saying don't come Never. in as a service provider or a subcontractor. You're you're recommending coming in as a I I want to be able to refer you. Yes. Thing. Yes. Okay, so I think we covered most of it. We've gone over time and we're kind of dropping off here with some people. So we're going to wrap up here today. I'm Bill Gross. This is probateweekly.com. We do it every week, Thursdays, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, we also live stream it on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Bill Gross EXP. Love to see you there. Put questions in the chat box. If you like this kind of a phone call, subscribe or hit the notification. You'll get notified the next time we do that or register directly at probateweekly.com. So I really appreciate you guys. Uh, being on the call today. I really appreciate my friend David and those of you who asked questions and participated. Thank you for making it effective. If I can help anyway, give me a